podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Is this Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 2020-2021 official Chelsea uh, Chelsea Hour season end of season review. You know, before I start a, a bit of housekeeping, fan slide, guys. The world's first live in-play fantasy football game where you're able to play one-off matches that you're watching live with live data coming from Okta, live stats, you know, you know, you guys know me, I'm a stats nerd. You know, I love these kind of stuff. You know, you have free-to-play games, you have cash games, you're able to know your mates, you're able to play me and beat me, you know, get the bows going. And even with this um, Euros coming up, there's some prize money coming through, man. And I don't know about you, but I'm trying to win. You know, there's a 10,000 total prize pot now, this is a win-win, you know, like if you invite your friends to the app and they win the prize money, you get half of what they win. I don't know about you, Shemi and, and, and Meads, but this, this is sounding too good to, to be true to me. It's quite like, I mean, I, I, I get involved. A Ten bags. Yeah. Hey, listen, man. That, <laughs> uh, after, after, Boris, after Boris had us locked up, hey, you, you, can, you can have a hot boy somewhere with, with that one there. But yeah, let's, let's get into it. <laughs> Meads and Shemi, how are you guys doing? I can't complain, man. I'm blessed. It's been what a couple of days now since the final. You know what I mean? Mm. I, 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 I didn't even address you guys correctly. Champions of Europe. How yeah, are you guys doing? What's it been? Has it been two weeks? It feels like it's been. Um, wow, it's been yeah, two man. weeks. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, man. It's crazy, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Nah, it's, it's jokes here because on Instagram, I think um, it, I think that's the day the Chelsea account they, they uploaded a picture of um of Mendy listening to the trophy and they captioned it. Ah, oh, um, don't mind us, just just spoiling you with more content. And it's like they're still going. They're still yeah, going. bro, it feels so fresh in the mind, man. Like, and it's gonna be very difficult to um to review the season objectively because of what we just achieved. It's crazy, but yeah, hundred. Yeah, man, it's gonna be a very sticky one, but. You know, these end of season awards are quite objective and subjective. So we'll see, man. Exactly, exactly that. And before we even start with that, I mean, I feel like it'd be almost unfair to listeners if we don't talk about the transfer news of this week. You know, it's mm-hmm. come out that we've we've equaled PSG's um, bid for Hakimi. It's also come out that Roman is fully backing that 154 million pound bid for Haaland. You know. He, he said, hey, I don't know about you, man, but this is it's a pandemic around here, baby. That's <laughs> how, it, how, how are you guys feeling about that, that, those two transfer dealings? Boy, all i got to say is it, Bando Baby 29 came good. So I'm, I'm more than happy for us to break the transfer record once again because, look, Roman for me is the best man, well, best owner in football. I don't think anyone comes close. Obviously, the city owners, they do their thing, but I think the involvement in the game, the love for the game... Yeah, Romans is different gravy, man. Different gravy. So I'm, I, I think we're gonna go again. I think we're gonna go hard this summer. Um, I, I can't complain about Haaland because for me he's one of the best talents in world football. Period. Um, so if you've got an opportunity to sign him, then you would. And um, apparently there's talks that you know we're looking to. Um, well, we've negotiated a position where he's interested to come, regardless of whether he comes this season or next season. So quite clearly, that Champions League win has made and Tuchel has made us a lot more of a uh, promising proposition for players to come to, to come to Chelsea. And obviously, Hakimi, you don't know what I think. I really like him. 
very good, very good player, very talented player. So yeah, man, we'll see, man. Yeah, man, and exactly that, you know. It's, it's going to be an interesting one. And before I even give my thoughts, um, Shemi, how, how are you feeling about these um, two transfer rumours coming up? Um, with the Hakimi one, I, yeah, I'm, I'm quite on board. Even though the price is a bit heavy, I am quite on board because he's, um, he's a very good player, number one, from what I've seen of him. Um, the few times I've watched him, um, I feel like he'd be a good addition to the squad. And I think what I like about it, the profile of, of his, his type of player is that um, he allows he's very flexible, so he can play um, right wing back, left wing back, he can play a bit further forward, and that type of flexible flexible profile allows you to kill multiple birds in one stone. So um, it means you don't have to splash on multiple players essentially, because what Chelsea do is they they, they have a habit of buying hella meaty squad players, and it's mad hard to shift them off the books, as we're seeing with players like Emerson, players like Zappa Costa. Bruv, it's mad hard to take them off the book. So if you can get that those gems that kind of kill uh, multiple birds in one stone. So for example, like a Cancelo, what, like what C have, um, I think yeah, it's 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 worth it, especially when they're of high quality as well. And from the the few matches I've watched of Hakim Hakimi, um, his attributes I think would suit our system quite well. Depending if we stick with that system, um, it remains to be seen. But I think either way, he'd be a quite a good addition to the squad. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, to be fair, I mean, what, what are they saying? It's 56 million all in, 154 million on Holland all in. They're pretty heavy transfers. And to be honest with you, in my opinion, I, I, I'd have to, I, I do have to echo you guys' thoughts. You know, when it comes to buying high quality players for these kind of prices, it's a lot more, um, it's a lot more digestible because these kind of players, you know, they have a, they have a sell on. You know, they're not going to be your duds like a Zappa Costa, etc. As you said, Jimmy, whereby. You're kind of stuck with them if it doesn't if it doesn't go right. And as you said, yeah, I mean it was something that we also touched on them a bit early on about the fact that Hakimi covers multiple areas of the pitch. So if you want to get rid of Emerson and Alonso, hey, I, I know a lot of people are not big fans of Alonso. So that's that's what that's killing two birds with one stone. Um, for me personally, I do think that Harlan transfer. I won't lie, you guys heard me last week. You know, I was <laughs> I was stuttering and and all over the place. I wasn't. I'm not exactly sure, you know, on how I feel about the transfer fee. But hey, if Roma's ready to splash the dash, talk, talk to me, King. Talk to me, King. Explain what's that, what's hey, happening. Why why you, why you shook, why are you shook and shaking? Hey, one hundred fifty four million pounds is a lot of money to be spending on one player. You know, and for me personally, when you spend that kind of money on a player, I want it to be an all rounder. So I want you to be able to do multiple things within the game. You know, I want you to have a good touch. I want you to be able to dribble and make your own shots. And I'm not saying that Harlan can't do that, but I'm not sure that I'm 100% confident he's going to be able to do that at Chelsea. But what can I say? You know, his record speaks for itself. And I was speaking to somebody earlier this week and he gave me a, a, a different light on how to look at it. And next year, you know, he has an £80 million release clause. So this year's £154. Just think of it as, as you paying 70, 70 million pounds extra to get him a year earlier. And you have to only think about what you could achieve in that year. You know, you got the Premier League to, to go for, the Champions League, carps, merchandise. You know, that it almost pays itself back. So hey, I, I, I was just about to say that. Sorry, sorry, sorry to cut oh, you. Go for you. Go for it. Because I forgot, I forgot to talk about Harlem. But um, I think that would that was going to be my main point in terms of him being cheaper next year. But the question you have to ask yourself is with what we've been through, can we? Can we get through another year without? Because I don't know how you guys feel about other options, the likes of I don't know Isak or whatever. I know Lukaku's already said he's staying at Inter. Um, so let's say let's say worst case scenario, we didn't sign a striker. How would, would you guys be comfortable going through another year of that? I'm not sure we'd be so so lucky this time because obviously this time we, we were lucky because obviously Tuchel managed to solidify us, so we didn't concede much and we were able to get the job done by scoring minimal goals. Would that happen again over the course of another season? I'm not too sure. So it's a catch-22. I think I wouldn't, it wouldn't like, it wouldn't surprise me and it wouldn't kind of, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if we went all out and just played it now because I guess it's a it's, it's necessity. But yeah. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I agree. I, I look at it and I think, look, a player of Haaland's quality and capacity he not only solves because look, I understand what Bab is saying. Like for me, if we if we possibly could and Mbappe was interested, I would have gone for Mbappe. But it looks like Mbappe's heart is set on Real Madrid. Um, and uh, for me, 
obviously, I understand having a multifaceted player. I understand the appeal. However, when you look at Chelsea and what we are missing, we are missing two two key things. I think creativity from or having a creative player, and we're also missing a person that can tuck regularly. Obviously, you've got Kai Havertz for me, who's uh, probably one of the most accomplished finishers in that squad. But that's not enough. And I just feel like probably a Timo Werner, if he does find the shooting boots, then yeah, he could be a supplementary scorer, but he's not someone that you can rely upon for an entire season. So I feel like a Haaland at 20 years old as well, well, people forget his age, but at 20 years old, that sets you up as a striking talent potentially for 10 years at least. So... I don't know. For me, it's definitely worth the investment, especially at that price. I'd do it. Yeah, I mean, it is a very good point. And, you know, to, to go on to Hakimi, I feel like that's, it's another interesting one because, you know, you guys know me, you know, you, you for aficionado, you know, I'm a big fan of the academy and I've, I've had my eyes on, you know, Liberamento for the past season, especially. And with the current situation with him, you know, he's got a year left in his contract. You know, Aston Villa are interested, you know, AC Milan are interested. They've already seen how good our academy products are in tomorrow. They were able to, to snag for a cheap deal. And I, and I have to feel like if we do bring a, a, a Hakimi through, what does that say for, to Livermento? You know, like he's got two players, you know, with a similar age ahead of him. But then again, you know, this is Chelsea. You know, we are trying to win things in the now. And I do understand that's the club culture, but I'm just only hoping that is there a plan for um, a Livermento to come into the team, you know, within a couple of years' time? And if there was that kind of plan, how would we, how would we actually try and do it? You know, what, what do you think about that, Moves? Um, you see, you know me, I'm a big fan of you know Livermento. I've been talking about him for the best part of a year and a half, maybe two years. Um, very, very good player, very good wingback. Um, I feel like Tuchel is very much a type of manager that enjoys players that can play in a multiple and variety of positions. Um, so I feel like that's potentially the reason why he's gone for Hakimi because Hakimi can play right wing, left wing, right wing back, left wing back, left back, right back. Like very comfortable in any of these areas. Um, I understand the concern about Timo Tino Livermento, but he is only still 18 years of age. He's still very, very young, and I'm hoping that you know Chelsea can negotiate something for him to to stay at the club. That being said. I feel like if you don't have a plan in place for these players, you have to let them go. Absolutely. And the same way I was happy that Lamptey left, not because I didn't want us to use him, because I want him. I wanted Lamptey. I rate Lamptey highly. But I feel like these players should really start taking their, their own careers into their own hands. So I feel like, you know, if Tino left, I wouldn't be sad because I know it'd be the best decision for him. It would just be a shame that Chelsea don't have really a, a plan in place if he was to leave. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, as as per usual, you know, you guys know me. He has his ways of words, and yeah, he's 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 had, he has me comfortable with like the the plan of, t- of Livermento now. And as as he said, you know, I'm just hoping that there is a plan for him. You know, there's hopefully going to be a, a good loan for him to be able to go on because as we've seen in the past, you know, the best chance for academy players to break through in at Chelsea, it does tend to come through loans. You know, there's an argument that some are good enough not to go on loan, but. I do feel as though, like, you know, when you get that loan, you know, you give yourself the platform, not just for Chelsea, but for other clubs, you know, who may be interested, you kind of put your future in your own hands. And, yeah, I feel like that's, like, a good place to, to wrap up that section. So we're moving on to the moving on to the main part of the podcast now, the season awards, you know, the season, the, the real season review, you know, like, this has been an up and down season. And to be honest with you, it's been up, down, up, down, because... People forget you know, we were top of the league around November. You know, we, we were down in the dumps around December. And now we're up here laughing, you know. And I want to get um, you guys' thoughts quickly before we, you know, actually give give our ratings and get into it. And just think, what, what, how are you guys feeling at the end of the season? How, how did you guys feel during the season? Did you, did you see a possibility where we could be possibly Champions League winners in and around September? Shem, I'm going to start with you. Yeah, sorry, I was just unmuting. Um, to be honest with you, yeah. Um, it, before the season started, with the money we've invest, we invested and the kind of players that we bought, because I, I kind of knew about, I knew the majority of the players we bought, like, as in I'd watched them before, and I thought we could um, challenge in Europe. I, I wasn't sure if we could win it, but I thought we could make a solid challenge, like better than what we've done in previous years, like at least get to like a semi, um, just off the quality we had. Um and I feel like the semi-finals slash finals was 
in my opinion, looking at how the Spanish teams has declined over the last few years, um, so the likes of Real Madrid, Barcelona, Atletico, I felt that why not? Like <laughs> our squad is good enough. We've got the depth. We've got the quality. So I thought, why not at the beginning of the season? Obviously, as the season went on, and I and I kind of we were exposed to Lampard's shortcomings. Obviously, things changed um, in terms of that viewpoint. But as soon as we got a proper coaching, I knew that we were capable of doing of doing that. That's just my honest opinion. I I, I knew that the players were talented enough to do it. Um, it just needed a proper coach. So as soon as we got Tuchel in, and I kind of saw what he was on, I then um, got that renowned belief that I had at the beginning of the season that we could um, make a statement in Europe, whether that be a semi-final or a final, um, and then go again next go again next season, if that makes sense. Kind of what, like what Liverpool did on the clock when they got to the final, and then they went again and won it. Um, turns out only we just won it um, this season instead of having to wait another year. So, yeah, that's the that's the kind of the long answer to the question. Um, yeah, yeah, that's me on that one. Amid. Sorry. Um, well, my my anticipation for the season, um, I wasn't quite convinced because obviously you know how I feel about Lampard as a coach. So I thought we were going to have the tools. I knew we'd have the tools. You know, I rate I rate Ziyech highly, um, and I felt like probably if you listen back to the podcast initially, you would have heard that I was saying that Ziyech would probably have one of the best impacts um, of all of our new signings. Um, more than Habers, more than Werner, uh, more than Thiago Silva and Mendy. I just felt he'd have a, a greater impact. So I just didn't feel like we'd achieve much. I felt we'd probably hit third, second in the league, or third, fourth in the league again um, under Frank and drop out of Europe, um, Europe. I mean, drop into the Europa League. Um, but that being said, Frank Lampard did quite okay. I think he did all right to get us out of the group stages considering the group that we had we're very very lucky with our draw um, in the group um and yeah we managed to navigate that pretty well um i didn't for me i thought that too cool i knew like, if we got too cool i thought to myself that's it like, we're definitely challenging most definitely challenging uh, not for the league of course because that was pretty much done and we were 10th at the time but i just felt like too cool for me is an elite coach comfortably an elite coach and I've been watching Tuchel for the last five years and watching his teams and been an admirer of him for the last five six years um so when we actually got him it was literally like a dream come true and I I said it I said it probably about after his third or fourth game I said this man will go down one of the GOATs managers at Chelsea because he's he's proper exceptional um I turned out to be right, man. Like, what coach has won their Champions League in their first couple of months? You know what I mean? And it's not done it in, in a manner of luck or, you know, summoning the spirits of the old guard. He'd done it by being tactically the best coach. You know what I mean? Like, we look at stories from, um, that's coming out from Gundogan, for example, about um, Pep trying to have special plans to combat Tuchel's system. That's telling you a lot. Tuchel literally got into um, Pep's head. That's levels. Having a coach like that is levels. You know what I mean? Rather than going into games, un- a big game, like an underdog. It's, yeah, it's sickening. But um, yeah, man, I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to assess the season properly considering who we had prior and who we have now. Do you know what I mean? In terms of the coach. Mm, mm, it's, it's a tale of two halves, man. And well, what can I say, man? I don't know why I introduced you to me. I should have said Mr. Destiny, you know. As you said, you know, 2020 turn it back around, you know. Hey, some people said it was written you the stars, man. Here. Hey, man. Look, hey, look, man. You, you, you deserve the plaudits. They laughed at him, brother. They, 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 la- they, la- they laughed at me. They laughed at me. They they laughed I was a madman. Hey, hey, mad and, and just, just to laugh a bit more, yeah. I know they had your tweets in bookmarks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know yeah. they were waiting. Yeah. <laughs> they were waiting to pam him. Oh hey, my god! Look, you, you had the final laugh, man. I mean, you know, you know what's worth it? Yeah? I know bums like Timmy and that waiting, waiting. Timmy was waiting. Mariah was waiting. These men were all waiting in the, with the long scope. I'm like, bro, stay calm, yeah. Don't worry. Destiny would arrive. And I told, I told you lot in the group chat before the final, the day before the final. You lot weren't trying to hear it because you lot were just like nervous. 
And I'm like, listen, trust me, I've seen this before. Chelsea, when it comes to European, no, it's not even just Chelsea, when it comes to European finals, there's always a bit of destiny about it. There's always, there's no, you can't run away from it, always. So I told you about the Busby Babes, and some that Busby, I told you, and you were like, nah, 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 that's United, that's United. I said, bro, just watch, boom, comfortable. And that was a comfy win as well. Apart from the last five minutes, I think that was a pretty comfortable win. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, agree. I mean, that, that's probably up there of like performance of the season. So, yeah. So just to start the the awards, let's let's look at the squad. You know, let's 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 get, let's go around and give a couple ratings. You know, I feel like the the best way to probably do this is to look at um, our team. You know, not just in not just in general of like how we've played, but probably just looking at the players that played the most. You know, I feel like that's probably the easiest way to do it. You know, so obviously, you know, that the man himself. Probably one of our best signers this season, Edu Mendy. You know, he came in a bit late into the season. You know, there were a lot of worries from some people for some, for some odd reason, you know, about him. You know, he came with the man from Rennes. And boy, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like he had a quality season. It means I'm going to start with you. Yeah, Edouard Mendy for me, probably one of the best signings comfortably we've had for a long, long time. How much he cost? Like 16 million pounds? Bro, I, hey, I love the guy. Too. The moment I saw him, like the first game, I'm like, yeah, this guy's a keeper. I felt it. This guy's a keeper. Incredible. Like he took so much pressure off us. I was like, yeah, this guy is a real, he's a real deal. You know what I mean? Um, I think he's had a very, very, very good season. I think he what, kept 26 clean sheets in about 40 something appearances. He's just been incredible. Um, I know quite a lot of those games, he's not really had much work to do, but for the last part, he's had to make some crucial saves. Crucial saves. I could I could count like I could count a number of the saves like Real Madrid, the two saves from Benzema, incredible, world class saves. Um, oh yeah, he's just an incredible, incredible signing. So for me, out of ten, I'd give him a comfortable nine point five. Nine point. Nah, let's say ten. Fuck it, I'm gonna give him. A wow, 10. that's high praise, man. That's high praise. I have man. to give him a ten. And do you know what the funniest thing is? You you raised the point of the fact that you know there's a lot of games we well, a lot of moments we didn't have a lot to do, but. For me personally, that's one of the hardest things to do as a keeper, you know? And that's why the top keepers are the top keepers, you know, the, the guys that you can rely on in, in terms of need. And, well, you know, we had a couple of those kind of times in the Champions League and he was the man to save us, you know? I feel like when we talk about Edu Mendy, we've got to talk about, he's already a Chelsea, from, he's already for me a Chelsea cult hero, you know? Like, you just look at the way he is in and around the players, you know, you look at his story coming up. Hey man, it, it brings a tear. It brings a tear to, to yeah, a bro. It's emotional, man. bro. It's, it's and when you saw him crying with his mum, when you saw him crying with his mum as well, when you saw him crying with his mum, bro, in the final, ugh, bro, different, different. It hit differently. Honestly, honestly, honestly. Um, Shemi, any 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 other words from you on Mendy? Yeah, quality, quality, quality season. Um, I think I was I wasn't convinced in the beginning simply because I thought he was a bit too casual. Um, with the boy at his feet, I thought sometimes he he would take a bit too long to to release it out, which would which would put us like in danger potentially. But um, as the season went on, my confidence grew and grew and grew, and he, yeah, I think he's a he's a quality quality keeper, man. Like we have actually been in the mud like with keepers. Well, I say with keepers, but with Kepa, and like everything Kepa wasn't doing he's he does in abundance and it's just yeah so beautiful coupled with uh, a good defense it's, it's, it's yeah he's had a quality season man um if you're asking me for a number I think that's what you are asking me for I'll probably give him 8.5 which is the year yeah man and I feel like you know one of the things where we talk about Mendy that it goes a bit understated for me is his ability to play with his feet you know like when you look at that, um, the goal that we scored in the Champions League, you know, it doesn't it doesn't happen without Mendy there. You know, the confidence to play the ball in first time over to Chilwell. You yeah. know, like it's been a common it's been a common feature this season. Like he's not yeah. just a keeper that's going to hoof the ball. He wants to yeah. play. He's he just wants to play quality. exactly. He's exactly. he's 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 a very good baller. You can tell, like in terms of passing, like and picking out players, um, and also his reactions are phenomenal. His reactions are peak. And when when a keeper's got mad reactions, yeah. That's what sets them apart, if that makes sense. Like, it really, really sets them Why do you think, like, for example, De Gea, when De Gea was at his peak, um, all of his saves were, like, 
quick reactions that you think, how the hell did you get there? Mm. And I think I'm not compare, I'm not putting Mendy in the same breath as like Pete the hair, but I'm what, I'm what I am saying is that Mendy's reactions are like really, really good. And that's what kind of like the the, the save that the saves that Mies was talking about. Um, I remember against Sevilla, where his reactions was mad quick. Um Real Madrid, like yeah, man, quality. Yeah. Oh, the one the one where Zuma almost knocks it into his own net and he claws it out. Oh, quality, man. Right now, yeah, yeah. Hell, yeah, He's made one, too yeah. many good saves, bro. He's made too many incredible saves, man. Great keeper. Yeah, and, and before we round up there, let me, I'm going to ask you guys, what would you say was Edu Mendy's moment of the season? Um, I think it's hard to pick out one moment, to be fair. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. I'd, I'd, say, I'd say that um, the second save, that header, the save from the header, um, against, against Real Madrid. Against Real Madrid. Yeah, I, think I agree that with was that. definitely the save. Yeah. I think that was it. Mm, agreed, agreed. And for me, one of the, one of my most um, key ones I remember was um, the save against Rashford. And I think it was I think that was like was that his debut game? Yeah, his debut. Trafford. Yeah, man, it was yeah. a quality save. It was a quality save, and from there, which is only the only way it was up. So um, I'm going to start probably in just in the, in, in the shape of our of our starting eleven. So. The next name for going to be for me is going to be Aspilicueta, you know, our club captain. A lot has been said about him, you know, over the years, you know, a lot of people have called him weak. A lot of people haven't called him a good, a good captain, but this season, you know, like, I feel like he's he's really held the standard to a high level, you know. It, at a moment where I, I, I generally, generally, I thought he was nearing the, the end of himself, like physically, especially, and I thought we were seeing the signs of it, but the way he's been able to rejuvenate himself under, under Tuchel, especially, Boy, I mean, it's, it's been amazing. Shemi, what, what are your thoughts on um, Aspi this season? Yeah, solid campaign. Solid, solid campaign. I, I didn't think he... I thought he was done. I think after Sari, Sari season... Or, or no, yeah, after Sari season slash Lampard season, I thought, yeah, this guy, he's done. He needs to go. But this season, he's been quality. Um, I think the thing that impressed me the most about Aspi is that um, even when he was moved into, into the wing-back role, I wouldn't say he done. He didn't even do that badly. Like as in going forward, like everyone would say he's like he shines defensively, but he he was still contributing, in my opinion, um, as a wing back, um, albeit to a lesser extent um, than like a, a Reese James or a Callum Hudson-Odoi. But he was still contributing, and um, that for me topped it off um, because along with how solid he's been defensively, especially in the back um, three on the two call, um, where he's played most of his football because he wasn't really getting that much of a look in under Lampard. Um, yeah, absolutely solid, man. Uh, Mr. Reliable, I can't, I can't even complain. Um, I'd give him a solid, I say a, a solid eight as well. Um, yeah, it would, it would probably be a bit higher if he had played the, the first half of the season, um, because obviously Lampard was trying to transition Reese James. But I think, oh yeah, off that second half of the season, I'd give him an eight. I mean, um, I'd, I'd say, I want to say. It's... 6.57 I'd say he weren't amazing but he was pretty solid considering that you did think he was on the decline I think yeah I think a 6 a 6.7 seven. let's say 7 I'll say 7 yeah I think I think 6 would be average so 7 so if you think you, I think good would be 7 and above yeah I think 7 I'll, I'll give yeah. him 7 I just think the earlier part of the seasons I, I don't think he was playing particularly well but yeah for sure under Tuchel he definitely improved magnificent Mm, mm, yeah, I, I do feel like defensively he was amazing, and having him um behind Reese James, I think they actually struck up a really good partnership, which was kind of, I think it's been quite understated this season. You know, there's been moments where um, Aspie would overlap, you know, and get a, a cut back in, and I feel like they've played they played a, a good partnership. You know, it hasn't just been one or the other, which is um, a good sign to see. Um, in terms of positives for me this season, I feel like just in terms of like that that performance against um against City, sorry. Oh man, like I, I, I was really, I was really, really impressed because I thought they may be able to find a bit of joy on that inside right hand channel. But he, he was amazing. And what can I say? But this, this is Captain Fantastic. You know, he's won it all with Chelsea now. He's won it all. You know, it cost, it cost us what eight million for Marseille. You know, a smart acquisition. He's been with the club for years now. And yeah, um, I guess the early negative I could really say about Aspie at times been his build up. You know, I do feel at times you know he's passing out from the back. It can be a bit shaky. You know, it can be a bit shaky. I do feel like he does become, a, he's, he's a bit of a victim of just like hoofing up a bit of times, but yeah, but other than that, I, I can't really have much else to, to complain about when it comes to Ashley McQuarrie. You know, he's become a Chelsea legend through and through now. So the next guy, 
the next guy, man, you know, the, the big signing, Tiago Silva. What a man. What a man. You know, when we talk about a, a, a man, a, a man amongst boys, you know, a legend, you know, somebody that's been able to come in and coach younger guys, you know, come in and instill confidence. Tiago Silva, is, 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 he's just been amazing for the club. What, what do you think about um, Tiago Silva means? Any season? Just, a, just an incredible signing, man. And I remember a couple of people on the Touchline Media group were telling me that, ah, oh, the willing signing might turn out to be a better signing than Tiago Silva. I couldn't believe it. Of course, they were Arsenal fans, which is very, very spooky. But Tiago Silva has been incredible. Incredible. What he's done to that back line, and when we signed him, one of the things I said was that the players will learn of him. There's nothing. Like a, a, a man like that, you know, he is literally a coach on the pitch. So just by watching him, for example, they will learn a lot. Absolutely a lot. Players like Chris Jensen, Rudiger, Reese James, I feel have become much, much better defenders by playing with Thiago Silva. A million percent. A million percent. Um, a super signing, absolutely super signing. He had a really shaky start, but beyond then, he's been imperious, absolutely imperious. So for me, again, rating out of 10, I'd, I'd say that's a comfortable nine, comfortable nine, and I'm grateful that he, he's re-signed. Obviously, he's also brought along a super signing, um, you know, one of our own, I'd say, in Bell Silva. She's flipping amazing too, so, yeah. Uh, my Chelsea, man. My Chelsea right there, man. But, uh, she, that's that's, that's auntie for real, man. That's auntie. That's auntie, bro. Like, she's so... She's incredible. She's proper bought in. So, yeah, man. I, I, Thiago Silva, what, what a guy. What a guy. Mm. And, that, and, he that, fi- and he finally gets his Champions League. Finally. Oh, man. It was, it, was, it was like destiny, as you said. You know, it was destiny. It was destiny. What was that? You said 9.5, right? I've given a 9. 9. 9. 9. 9. 9. Cool. And Shemi, what are your thoughts on Thiago Silva? You know what's so funny about Thiago Silva yeah, is that no one's spoken about him because he's does done his job so like soundly and like so well. Like no, like literally, you didn't hear any noise about him throughout the whole season. Um, and it's funny. I don't even think he had a shaky start. I think he he had literally two games against the same opponent <laughs> that were shaky throughout the whole season. And other than that, he's just been fantastic. Um, literally a leader. Everything you expect from a veteran, he brought like the experience. Um, and to echo what Mead said, learned, all the defenders literally learned off of him. Um, his impact is so it was so easy to see. So yeah, I give him a comfortable um 8.5. Yeah, big reigns, man. Big reigns. And yeah, you know, when you look at Thiago Silva, as we said already, we've harped on that. He's just an amazing leader, you know. A lot of people are probably making jokes about his age, you know, oh, you know, he's an old guy now, but hey, listen, man, that that guy. When when we look at defenders this season, I don't think he can really name many other than like a Diaz. And even then. <laughs> It's going to sound like a hot take, but I don't think he's had as many shaky moments as a, as a Ruben Diaz had this season, you know? And I think he should have been team of the year, personally. Hey! Talk to him, King. Talk to him, Hey, King. listen, man. He should, have, he should have been team I, of the I, year. I have to agree, man. Like, he, he had an amazing season, and I feel like maybe the fact that he didn't play as many games as, as Diaz, it probably played a part, but... Another it's not even that. Not even that. He played a lot of games. It's just that they won the title. Simple. I think mm. if we won the title, he would have comfortably got... You know what I'm saying? That's just how it goes with the... Yeah, man. It was a proper fairy tale type of signing. You know, he came in 35 and he, he he did his job. You know, as he said, I'm not here for games. I'm not here for retirement. I'm not here to enjoy lifestyle. I'm here to win. And that's what he did. And that's exactly what he did. And yeah, so I'm going on to the next defender. Man. Remontada. Mr. Antonio Rudiger. It's a massive... Wow. What a, a story. What a story. I'm not going to lie. And, I, and I, feel like, I feel like I can speak for many of us within Chelsea. I felt like he was one of the worst. He was our worst centre-back. I'll be honest. I didn't think I didn't think he was terrible in his first season. But after that season under Lampard, I thought he was the worst thing since ever. But he has absolutely shut me up. Absolutely shut me up. And I can't, I generally can't say a bad word about him. Yeah. I, f- I feel like Antonio Rudiger's comeback has been one of the stories of the season um, because he was literally written off. Like, before before the season started, he was written off. I'm pretty sure he was trying to, well, they were trying to sell him. Um, Lampard was trying to sell him, get him out the door. 
another one that apparently had too much influence in the changing room, um, like he got rid of W. Louise the season before. So it's just like, it seemed like Lampard didn't quite like people that had a voice of their own. Um, because Rudiger is very, you know, as you can probably tell, very passionate um, and pretty much a leader, I'd say. Um, so after the, well, the, the, the stories that came out after Lampard's second and the racial abuse he got, um, I feel under Tuchel, he's literally been imperious. Probably one of the best defenders in the league um, because he, he's just been incredible, really, really incredible. And it's, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard to judge him because obviously I've seen what Rudiger is like. We, in fact, we have seen what Rudiger is like at his worst. Um, but nah, he, he's been incredible, man. He's been absolutely incredible. So what a story, what a story. And it's like, if you look at the Champions League final, that block on um, on Foden, unreal, like, ugh. Oh man, that that sorry, that was that was that that's anticipation to the max. Yeah, he's just no. Nah, I'm sorry. There's a, yeah. I, I, it's hard not to rate. It's hard not to rate him. You know what I mean? It's hard not to rate what he's done this season. I'm hoping that this is his now his base form because he's still only 26, 27. Um, so yeah, man. Honestly, you have to give props to him. props to him because it's it was a tough period for him under Lampard for sure. Mm, agreed. What would you give him as a, as a rating for this season? Um, before he before Lampard left, he was really bad. Um, so, but after he left, he was incredible. So I'm gonna give him an eight. I think mm, that's a solid rating. That's a solid rating. And Shemi, what are your thoughts on Rudiger this season? Yeah, I think Meads summed it up quite well. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to repeat what he said. So yeah, we'll go with that. Cool. Okay. So the next guy. Mr. Reese James, and before I, I hand it over to the to the cast, I want to have a little monologue about Reese. You know, at the end of last season, a lot of people were talking about him. You know, his lapses in concentration. You know, a lot of people said, you know, you can see the inexperience in him. You know, young guy. You know, he, he's often you know a bit too lax in his play. But literally from the first game in preseason against Brighton, it almost looked to me like a, a, a man. He looked like a man, like completely different from last season's demeanour. He was here for business. That was it. And the way he started this season was nothing short of amazing for me. And at the beginning of the season for me, he was a, he was a player of the year. And one of the performances that really like struck to me how good he was, was I don't know if you guys remember the Everton game at Goodison. You know, we, we lost the game, unfortunately, but his performance was nothing short of superb. You know, yeah, he, really he put, hit the post twice. He hit yeah, the post twice. Put yeah, twice. He, he, he put the team on his back. And it was yeah, nothing short of a, of a mature season. And yeah. as they say, you know, with highs come low. And he had the unfortunate um, knee skate injury, you know. Hopefully he's going to go and get his um, surgery on that eventually. But yeah, that did seem to be quite a bit of a dip in his form. But ever since Tuchel came in, you know, he gave him a bit of a rest. You know, he, he took him a bit away from the limelight. And ever since he's come in, he's been, he's been quality. You know, he's had amazing defensive displays. You know, going forward, he's had a couple of good performances as well. And, well, I mean, if 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 it wasn't for Mason Mount, man, like, this guy probably would have been for me, my young player of the year. What what, what do you guys have to think about Reese James this season? Yeah, very, very good. Um, personally, I didn't really... I, I, yeah, end of last season, like post-lockdown, uh, yeah, he had... Um, he was really, really um, sloppy. Um, and I guess that kind of just comes with your debut season but um other than that even last season under Lampard um I remember his debut against Crystal Palace pocket in Rufus Zaha like I was like wow like this kid he's he's got it like you know what I'm saying so I always kind of knew um that he would um turn into like a mature kind of player which he has done this season and long may it continue hopefully but yeah this season he's really grown he's grown a lot um and he's he's held his own against some really good wingers like that Champions League final performance was amazing. It was actually amazing. Sterling couldn't get a sniff out of him. Out of him. And um, and it's not even just that. It's just like his awareness at the back post as well. Um, yeah, no, really, really good season. And going forward, even though he can he can still improve in terms of like, I feel like he can carry the ball 
um, a lot more because he has the capabilities to do it. Why he doesn't do it, I don't know. But I feel like he can carry the ball a lot more. But um, he's contributed from uh, going forward with some good, some good assists and generally some good overlapping and crossing. Yeah, man, very, very ha- happy with him this season. Mm, what would you give him for, for his season rating? I personally, I'd... Ugh. I even if Mount didn't win it, I'm not sure if I would have given him player of the year. Um, about young, as in Chelsea, young player of the year is in like for, the, for this season. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. cool. If he was young player of the year, then yeah, he would definitely go it. But for the season, I'd, I'd give him a seven. Yeah, solid rating, solid rating. Meads, I'm gonna hand over to you. Um, Reese James, I feel, has had a bit of a, a mixed season for me. Um, I feel like, yeah, under Lampard, he's playing a lot. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think he has some good performances. Like again, the Everton one was definitely a standout. Um, however, I didn't quite like Bruce James as a wingback. I think he had for me probably three good games as a wingback, and two of them came against Manchester City. Funny enough, um, I feel like as a wingback, he was pretty passive um, in terms of breaking forward to assist the attack. And I feel like you, you, you got more from, obviously, Hudson Doyle because he's an actual winger. But you got more from Aspi Quetta, which used to disappoint me. Like, you know, when, when Aspi got moved to wing back, you got a lot more out of him, like, rather than what you get from Reese. And that was a bit frustrating for me. But his performances against Manchester City both times, um, the once in the league at the Etihad and the other time in the, in the Champions League final, absolutely incredible performances. So it's hard to really... Um, criticise Reese. I think he's had a mature season, a lot more mature, a lot more defensively switched on. Um, yeah, so earlier part of the season, I'd say he was pretty good defensively. Um, latter part, again, defensively wasn't the issue. It's just I think the balance between going forward and going back was, just, was a bit off for me. But I guess Man City, excellent in my opinion. So I would say my rating, yeah, I'd say seven, seven's fair. How 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 do you, do you rate him in a four on the Lampard this season? So when he's playing um, right back, I think it was better. I think it was much better as a right back. I think Reece James is comfortably one of the best in the league. I've I've, I've been saying it for time. Reece James as a as a right back is a very very good player, exceptional. But as a wing back, it's just awkward for him. You know what I mean? So that's just my view. Yeah, I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair assessment. You know, I do think that's a fair assessment. As a right back, I feel like he's a lot more able to be a bit more forward thinking because I don't know. I don't think he's really a kind of player that likes to take people on. But yeah, I do think he has had a solid season. And um, to head over to his other um, fullback companion, you know, a lot of people were worried about him. You know, the, the fifty million pound man, you know, Ben Chilwell. You know, I feel like he's been Mister. He's been Mister. Steady this season. You know. I feel like he's held himself to a good level throughout. You know, he started off really hot against Crystal Palace, getting in, in, in his debut. And I do feel like he's had amazing defensive performances. I think we've really been able to see, like, how strong he is going forward as well. You know, I think for me, he's key strength, as I said before, you know, his, his ability to pick up players, you know, he has a really good eye for a pass. And I think he's, and I think he's quite expansive as well in his passing range. And I do feel like we are, you know, we are quite um, sturdy now in terms of our fullback options now, going, for a couple, going forward for a couple of years, so... Before I give my ring, I'm going to ask you guys, um, what did you guys think of Ben Chilwell's um, debut season? I'm, I'm going to start with you, Meads, because I know you weren't exactly the biggest fan at the beginning. Um, Yeah, Chilwell for me has been a surprise. Um, not, well, not, not really. I feel like under Tuchel, he's improved quite a bit. I think too, Lampard, his first probably five, six games, he looked really, really decent. Um, and again, he impressed me tactically. Um, and just in general, his ability to to come back after making a burst up the up the, up the pitch and come back and defend was something that was refreshing. Considering that we had Emerson, who is all attack and isn't interested in defending, and got Alonso, who is all attack but doesn't come back because he's extremely slow. Um, so Chilwell was a uh, very balanced. Um, so I quite like that. Also, didn't let anything go past him in the air. Always was trying to. You know, dominate his fullback at least aerially. Um, had some games where he was getting the business, but that, that's just how it goes sometimes. Um, but again, towards the, the latter end of the season under Tuchel, yeah, he was excellent, man. He was excellent. So, yeah, I, you know what I mean? I, I wouldn't say he's completely convinced me, but 
I think he's he's definitely a lot better um, than I initially rated him. To be perfectly honest. Mm, yeah, I feel like I feel like that is a fair assessment. And I'm sharing. I'm going to ask you next. And what were your thoughts on Ben Chilwell in his debut season? Mixed. I think I think he had a he had a dip in December, December January. Where he just wasn't doing anything and just yeah, just playing crap. But beginning the season started off really well and finished the season very strongly. So um, I say mixed, and I've I'd probably give him like a probably like a six point eight probably um, overall. Man says but, six point eight. I didn't want to give him a seven. That's yeah, like, I don't know. I feel like I feel, I don't know personally that winter period. I I was a bit worried, but I think I I am I am very comfortable with him being our left back. Um, but I don't think he had an amazing campaign personally. I felt I felt they were comfortably. Um, I think he finished the season very strongly, but I felt like he had a dip around the winter period, so it was quite mixed for me personally. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I do think he had a couple of games where Tupo, you know, as he came in, you had to take him out, but. I do feel like, you know, I think he was one of our better performers this season, you know, throughout. You know, I think he was good on Lampard, you know, towards the end, maybe he did have a bit of a dip, but, you know, I think he was, I think he was solid all around. So, um, yeah, I think that's, yeah, I mean, I guess that's fair. I guess, I guess a seven's fair if, if I have to round up for myself. So, yeah, I'm going into the midfield now. Um, let's go towards our midfield pairing. So, let's look at Akante and, and Jorginho. How did you guys think they, they did this season? I'm gonna I'm gonna start with you, Shemi. Um, I think Kante was exceptional for the most part. Um, yeah, I think his performances speak for himself in the Champions League against top top opposition. Um, yeah, I'd give him a solid, solid probably nine. Um and yeah, because I don't really have a bad word to say about Kante. Even on even in the single pivot under Lampard, I think he was Pretty pretty decent. Uh, maybe maybe a few games we got caught out, but overall pretty decent. Um, and then obviously he excelled um, in the double in the double pivot. So yeah, that's that. And then I think Jorginho, um, again Jorginho, yeah, fairly solid. I think um, not too much to say in terms of from a negative point of view on him. Um, I think um, the pivot under Tuchel um, again suited him very well when he, when he him and Kovacic were just controlling games. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd probably give Jorginho a seven. Um, yeah, that's, that's on them to you. Mm, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And, yeah, let's let's look at the attack. So, I feel like that, let's, I think it, it makes more sense to look at it in terms of, like, the Mount, Havertz and Werner, could they have been the most permanent fixtures up there? What do you, what do you think about their season's means? Um, It's been a bit of a mixed one. Um, so, Timo Werner... Like I, it got to a point where I, I told you lot, like, look, he he's not great, but he's a necessary evil at this moment in time because of his desire, his work rate, and he makes things happen honestly. Um, despite the fact he doesn't notch as consistently as he should, because I think even in that final, he should have had a hat trick in my opinion. Um, so yeah, there, there was just a number of chances that he could have had and snatched that. Um, but it is what it is. He put in a lot of work. His runs. Like, without his run, that goal doesn't happen. You know what I mean? And I know that sounds a bit pathetic, but Timo Werner's impact on games, you know, and danger is his speed. And his impact on games has been undeniable. So I feel like for him personally, yeah, I can't... That being said, I can't ignore the amount of misses he's had. Um, so maybe he's been super unlucky, but I also think that there's a lack of technical quality there as well. So I think for him, I want to give him a six... Yeah, I will give him a six because he's had some poor moments, but he's also been, despite the poor moments, despite a lot of poor moments, he's still impacted games. And it's hard for me to to completely criticise someone that has had such an impact on games, despite the fact they've not played so well. So, yeah, I want to give him a six. Havertz, I feel like he was poorly utilised by Lampard. And ever since Lampard left, I knew he'd be... I knew he'd improve markedly. I knew because Lampard didn't quite understand what Havertz was and he didn't understand the player. I don't think Lampard quite understood the players that he had. And that's why some of the decisions that he made were quite questionable. I think Havertz was one of the big ones. And Havertz, I don't think Lampard actually wanted to sign him. But 
lo and behold, Tyler Skozen wins the Champions League, scoring the final, scoring in the final, scoring the only goal in the final. Um, I want to say Havertz, I want to give him a seven. And I'll say he's a seven because despite the fact he weren't playing in his comfortable position, the best position earlier under Lampard, he still was trying. I think the COVID bit actually knocked him for sixes. Um, and I think a lot of people understated the impact on that, um, that that had on him. Um, but I think under Tuchel, he's actually been excellent. Absolutely excellent. Uh, there have been certain games where he's absolutely dunked on people that are supposed to be better than him. So it's just, yeah, it's hard for me to, to not give him anything less, anything yeah, more than a, uh, anything less than a seven for me. Mm, and Mason Mount, and, and obviously Mason, I will let Jimmy jump in with that, but Mason has been Mason. I think, I think he's had a very good season. I wouldn't say incredible, um, but I think there's been certain moments where, you know, he's kind of risen to the occasion. I remember the game where even Frank Lampard was under pressure against Fulham. And Fulham look better than us, to be honest. Fulham look absolutely better than us as a team. But Mason Mount gets a goal um, towards the last few minutes of the game. And yeah, scores that body. And yeah, man, I think he's had some good moments, man. I feel like, yeah, there's quite a few performances where I think, yeah, Mason done well. You know what I mean? And let's not talk about what he's done in Europe as well, because every single star boy that he's, that's come in his presence, he's dunked on every single one of them, bro. Every single one of them. Every single star boy. In the in the in um in the Champions League in Europe, he's done to them. So yeah, Mason Mount, I think I'll give him a nine. Yeah, strong, strong. And Sherry, what would you do? You have any um thoughts on Mount? Yeah, I don't think I think his growth has been impressive, very very impressive. Um, he's gone from a player that was like inconsistent, a bit obviously overplayed, um, to a player that's like a mainstay and, and, and like a, a player that's very um he's able to be relied on um in that sense um one of the actual main guys in the team and that's amongst a lot of superstars which is which is pretty impressive um impacting massive games massive massive games games against liverpool um the champions league final coming up with access real madrid um atletico madrid in the first leg impressive porto scoring that excellent goal Literally, he's risen every big game we've needed. Um, we've needed him to rise. Well, I say him, but like every big game we've needed a result, he's risen, which is just a testament to someone of his age, someone only in his what second season at top top level football. That's that's impressive. Like you can't take it away from him. You you just can't. Um, so yeah, I, I'd give him. I'd probably give him a nine too. To be fair, yeah. yeah man, thanks. Yeah, man, I do think that's a, a fair rating to give him. So, yeah, so let's talk about the player of the year. Let's, well, do you, do you guys agree with it being Mount? For me personally, I think I, I think it's very, very hard to disagree with, you know. I feel like the level he's played this season, been top quality, especially the way he's ended the season, you know. It's very rare for a player to start the season, you know, quite well and like, just, like, keep up in the levels. And as you said, Shemi, whenever we needed him, he's just, he's been nothing short of just like being the, the standard, you know, for the team. You know, you spoke about the Fulham game, you know, he, he was played amazing that, that game, he even got his goal. You know, the Champions League run, he was amazing that in that as well. You know, the assist for Havertz, you know, I feel like he really had like a lot of key and pivotal moments this season and I feel like he's really, ha he really has shot up a lot of the haters. Yeah, I feel like Mason Mount, um, I feel like a lot of people I don't even say doubting his quality. I think a lot of people try to downplay his quality. And I think that came as a byproduct of him being Frank Lampard's favourite. And, you know, su suffice to say, a lot of people are saying, like, during the time, like, oh, no, he's not a favourite, he's not a favourite, he's not a favourite. But then Lampard comes out toward, in the, before the Champions League final, weirdly enough, um, admitting that, yeah, he was a favourite. He reminded me of me. So that's a bias. Did he? You know I mean, I did he pretty much said he reminded me of me. He literally said, yeah, Mason Mount reminds me of me. He reminded me of me. So I, I, knew, there was, I, knew, I knew there was a bias there. We knew there was a bias there. That being said, I think that a lot of people started to use that bias to, to, to undermine and underrate what Mount is actually capable of. And all this time I've been saying Mason Mount isn't necessarily an attacker, but he is the link between the attack and, um, yeah, the attack and the fraud. That again, I wouldn't even call him a number 10, um, but he's just almost like a halfway house. And I feel like his performances under Tuchel have been incredible. His growth under Tuchel has been incredible. Um, 
And that's no surprise because I've always felt that, yes, it's very good that you're giving him these games. Yeah. But if you're playing him in a myriad of positions and not necessarily really coaching him, you're not really going to get the real Mason Mount that should be there. And I think Mason Mount, for me, under Tuchel, under right coaching, has become a truly, truly brilliant player. And he's going to have an amazing Premier League career, a million percent. He's already won the Champions League at 21. I feel like he's only going to go from strength to strength here. Um, so it's very hard to, to take away the player of the season rating from him. Um, and because he performed at such a high level, I'm not really going to argue against it too much. I would say that maybe Edu, Edu Mendy kind of deserved it more. I think he's kind of been our best player, but it's very difficult to give it to a, to a goalkeeper, I guess, um, considering. But that being said, his, his clean sheet record is incredible. So I think it, it, he's worth the argument, but I have no real complaints about Mason up being player of the year. Yeah, man, I've got to agree. I've got to agree. Shemi, you? No, no complaints. I think he deserved it. Yeah, I feel like it was perfect. It was, it was a perfect um, culmination of his season, you know. Last season, he was a bit... um, He had a lot of up and downs. He was a lot more inconsistent. But, yeah, this season, he's shown a real level of consistency that we have to hope that he can carry over on to, to the next season. And, yeah, with that um section ending, let's um, have a bit of a come down with me, you know. It's been a tale of two seasons. We've had two managers, you know. So like, I feel like it's only fair that we rate them both separately. So in terms of like having Frank, you know, having them um, Tuchel. So um, Needs, what what are your thoughts on um, the two managers and how how do you um, rate them in terms of like this season? Oh, it's night and day. I don't really didn't really rate Lampard um, as a manager as a coach, um, and it's going to be biased because I've obviously rated Tuchel ever since. You know, ever since he's at Dortmund. So it's very um, an easy one for me. Tuchel is of a different level, different calibre. So, yeah, it's, um, it's quite easy for me. In terms of what what they did, I think Lampard too, because um, there's a certain things that I just don't like, the way he's conducted certain things. Um, last season, of course, he did well in giving regular minutes, significant minutes to Reese James, Tammy Abraham, and Mason Mount, of course. Um, but this season, yeah, some of the decisions were really dreadful. Like playing Kai Havertz in midfield, playing Kai Havertz, dropping Kai Havertz, um, forcing Timo Werner, playing Timo Werner as a left winger, um, sh- shifting Rudiger completely out of the side, then bringing him back in after apparent talks, completely isolating Tamori, completely isolating um, Callum, not really playing Tammy like that. I think there were certain moments where Tammy was playing, but then, and Tammy was doing well and scoring. Then Tammy would be inexplicably dropped. Um, yeah, there were just a lot of decisions that I just couldn't really get down with. Um, but Tuchel, again, at the very least, he brought in some meritocracy. You know, from the very inception, he played certain players, allowed other people to get their look in and get their chance. Um, but yeah, so I feel like Tuchel, and, and obviously tactically, there's it's night and day between the two. So yeah, it's just um, yeah, levels wise, I think. I'm quite happy with where we're at and the the, the ascendancy that we potentially can go on. Mm, yeah, I do think that's fair enough. And Shemi, yourself? Um, with Lampard, obviously, we all know it's night and day. We know the two calls a different level. I do think Lampard deserves, if any credit, it would be similar to what me said in terms of just giving the youngest the platform to kind of thrive. Obviously, you see Mason Mount go on and thrive. Tomori's gone on to Milan and and been an impressive over there. Um, I think Tammy is gonna have an impressive um if if he gets his move, I don't know. If if Tammy leaves and goes to like a mid-table club, I think he's gonna have a, a pretty decent Premier League career too. Um Rich James we as well, we've spoken about. I think giving these guys the platform, I think he deserves small credit for that, even though you know the transfer ban, whatever. Um, but he still gave them the platform and the opportunity. So I think. That said, um, I give him credit for that. But um, I think this season, ah, it's hard, man, because in the big games, he was so scared. Um, some of the decisions, as me said, personnel-wise, was just just not good. Um, so yeah, I think I think his 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 first half of this season was a pretty pretty much a disaster class, in my opinion. Um, and then yeah, 
obviously Tuchel came in and just took the team to another level. So it's it's you can't really compare the two, really and truthfully. Um, it's it's yeah, it's clear. It's it's just night and day. Um, so yeah. Yeah, fair enough. And I do think, yeah, as you said, you know, he's done an amazing job. He's brought us from what ninth, tenth to getting top four this season, and it was almost an impossible job, but you just made it possible. And not only that, he gave us a dessert on the top of the Champions League. And hey, can you really complain about that? And before we move off this section, I just wanted to ask you guys, um, what would you guys say are your are, do you guys have any worries about Tuchel going forward? Any any sort of like problems that you that you see that have crept up or are you feeling quite confident going going forward? I'm going to start with you, Mitz. Said I'm going to be really biased. No, um, because I, I rate Tuchel a lot, um, and I trust his kind of decision making because um, he's a quite a fair individual. So it's very difficult for me to to kind of have real concerns and worries. I didn't really see much. Um, the only real worry I do have is the system. Um, it's just about in terms of breaking teams down. Um, because generally we've been punished against sides we really should be beaten. Um, but that being said, in those games, a lot of the time we have outplayed the opponents, created a host of chances, but just not been able to tuck. So if we do continue, we're going to obviously have to, um, you know, yeah, we're going to have to bring in um, a, a, a good good striker. So, yeah, that's one of the months. Mm, agreed. Shemi? Um, I think generally, no. I, what I would say, one thing I would say is probably his favouritism towards Werner was a bit, was a bit eyebrow raising to me, I think, just considering some of Werner's performances. Um, and obviously the way Tammy was out in the cold, because Tammy was so out in the cold, like he wasn't even making bench, do you understand? So you'd think that Werner was playing exceptional, but he really wasn't. So I think I think the disparities between the two for me was eyebrow raising personally. Maybe he's just not a favorite time. He doesn't have to be a favorite time. Like players, have, uh, managers like who they like. You understand? But I think um, just the way Tammy didn't get any type of looking for me was a bit eyebrow raising. Um, other than that, um, yeah. Other than that, no. Um, I'll, oh, actually, there is one more. I think just to see if he's um, if he's able to kind of change up the system when necessary because obviously as the guys have said the, the games where we didn't where we got no nil was towards the end of the season. I think he could have he could have changed our back for even mid game. Do you understand? But he didn't. So I think those two for me are the only minor ones. But other than that, um, I'm I'm pretty comfy. Yeah, I've got to agree, man. I've got to agree, and I've got I'm I'm just trying to think to myself like are, are there any qualms I've had and I and I, I can't really think of any other than like the actual like going forward against like um the smallest season taking it to them. So. Let's just ha- let's just hope and pray that he is going to be a lot more um, forward thinking in the way that we play, you know, next season, and he is going to actually try and take it um to the um to the opposition if if you get what I mean. And yeah, so um just before we end, let's I want to do a quick um keep um a quick keep sell alone section with a lot of like the periphery players and a lot of the players that I know that are people that have a bit of um. You know, a bit of problems with. So I'm going to start off like one of the probably the most polarizing players within Chelsea, um, Mr. Jorginho. Guys, keep learn or sell. Keep. Yeah, I feel like after that Champions League run, I feel like it's going to be pretty hard to 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 let him go. Um, Werner. Yeah, keep. I want to sell him yet. Uh, keep. Yeah, I keep him around for mm. one more season. Yeah, I feel like it's gonna be it will probably be a bit hard on as well to send him anyway. And I do feel like we've got to at least give him another go, you know, hopefully, and see if he can turn his um turn his grabs around. And um the next play I'm gonna go over is, is Zuma because he was quite a bit of a he was quite it was it was quite a common feature, you know, early on this season, especially under Lampard. And um he hasn't really featured much under Tuchel. So I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on whether you keep learning or sell him. Um if we went back to a back four, I would sell because I'm not um I'm not a, I'm not an adversary of, of having five centre backs, and we know like third, fourth choice. I don't really believe that exists. Well, third choice does, but fourth choice for me doesn't exist. So if you go back to a back four, then sell. Mm, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, next player, an interesting one, Kovacic. What would you guys do? Would you keep? Uh, for me personally, I'm not the biggest fan, but I'd probably keep him because I do think he's quite a bit of a good um, squad option to have around. 
Yeah, I want, I want some competition. I don't, I don't really get the link away for that, to be fair. Mm, 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 fair enough. And the next one's going to be interesting one. Um, Christensen, you know, he's had a bit of a remontada under Tuchel. You know, like a lot of people were doubting him and, you know, he has had a bit of a common of age. Means I think we know your answer is probably going to be keep. Yeah, I think sending would be a big mistake. I think the one player that you could probably afford to sell might be Zuma. I don't, I don't, I don't get that. Then Kawhi again, Christensen pretty much deserves a new contract after his performances mm. under um, two quarters season for sure. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And the next I'm going to go with is um, ZH. ZH, he's been an interesting because he's been a bit of a. He had a, quite a, a bit of a, 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 a good start to the season and ever since the injury, he's been a bit um, of a downward slope. Really. He's had a couple of big moments, a couple of good goals against Athletic Madrid and City. But um, other than that, you know, he's been a bit of an underwhelming season. Shemi, keep loan or sell? Loan. Loan? Yeah, loan or sell. Fair I think the, the only reason why I was tempted to say loan is because... Um, actually, no, you know what? Sell, sell. So yeah, I do think that's I'm I do think that's a fair enough one. Yeah, yeah, I I'm think it's been a, yeah, it's been un, unimpressive this season. And um, the next one is going to be a, another another winger, Pulisic. Keep learn or sell. I would keep personally. I think um, even though I'm not his biggest fan, I think I I get, I see what he does offer, um, and I think especially as an impact from the bench, he's quite good. Even though some of his starts have been great, but he's he's got attributes that like for example, like he's a good dribbler. I really dribble, so I, I keep him. Means, mm, I just wouldn't start him. Um, I, I, again, like I said, Pulisic, I, it's all on the basis of whether he'd be comfortable being um, a squad player. If he wants to be a squad player, then absolutely he should stay. Um, however, if he wants to consistently be starting, yeah, he needs to find a new club because I don't think he's good enough to start for us. In my personal opinion. Mm, mm, mm. Fair enough. I'm, I'm going to end this section. I'm going to go to um, academy graduates. You know, I'm going to go. The first one's going to be Billy Gilmore. Keep learn or sell, Shemi. Learn. Mm, I've got to agree. Meads. Any 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 arguments with that? No, that's fine. That's yeah, fine. agree. I, I do think a loan would be key for his development just to get some minutes. And the last one before we end this section, Callum Hudson Odoi. Keep sell or loan. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> Keep man. Uh, well, Keep. for me, I'd, for me, it depends on what where he's at. But oh, he's actually, at age, yeah. he's at an age where he needs to um needs to play regularly. Um, and if he don't, he's not going to get regular minutes here, then he really needs to play elsewhere. Um, because he's got all the ability. He just needs a platform now, and I think that's just that's the most important thing for him. So whether I think he should stay is not necessarily because I don't think he's good enough. I think he's absolutely good enough. He just needs a platform for himself. So yeah, I'd, I'd sell him on the basis of he, him and he needs to play rather than what Chelsea really require. Yeah, so, sorry, I was a bit confused why you mentioned him in the beginning, but I remembered because he ain't been playing. But yeah, I, I think I think if we sell Ziyech, I'd keep him. But if we yeah. if we keep Ziyech, then I'd, I'd learn him. Fair enough. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. And yeah, so that ends the um, end of season review. Meads, thanks for joining me. No problem, man. Shemi, thanks again for joining me. Always a pleasure. And peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.